welcome to Letters to Our Yesterday, a podcast inspired by extraordinary women. I believe that one of the greatest strengths women have are each other. We often support, guide, encourage and inspire each other. Throughout this series, I'll be speaking to many incredible women about their life journey and together we will explore what advice they would give their younger self. Rochelle Courtney is the founder and managing director of Australian charity Share the Dignity. When Rochelle learned that homeless women were going without basic sanitary items during their menstrual cycle, she was shocked and decided to do something about it. With a huge team of volunteers, this incredible charity aims to share their dignity with homeless and at-risk women. The charity's core belief is that all women matter and deserve dignity and justice. Michelle, can you share with me, with all of us, a little bit about how you started Share the Dignity? Was there a defining moment where you saw this problem we have with vulnerable women in Australia and decided, okay, I can do something about this? Yes. um, I was just minding my own business, reading my, scrolling through my phone, and I read an article that was written by Mamma Mia that talked about how many homeless women there were in Australia. And at that stage, there were 48,000 women that didn't have somewhere safe to call home. And while that shocked me, nothing like what I read after that and how they were using socks and newspaper and wadded up toilet paper to deal with their period. And I just was, I really was embarrassed that I'd never thought of that before. And I was just shocked that it would be happening in Australia. Mm. Uganda, Nepal, you know, third world countries, but certainly not Australia. I know, it's shocking. And it always fascinates me, um, amazing people like you, because I think there's so many good people in the world and we all want to help, but there's not as many people who see the problem and think, that's it, I'm doing something about it. So I really admire you for that. How did you know you could do something? Mm, I didn't, I'm not a thinker. Okay. (laughs) I I would say I was a doer. I I don't stop and think about anything for very long my husband calls me the Russian I'm always (laughs) rushing to do everything so um I literally just I you know what I didn't want my kids reading about that my daughter's reading about that in five or ten years time and thinking oh I wonder why no one's done something about that so it literally was you know getting doing and my and my eldest daughter did up the first you know piece of I don't even know what it was. It was just a PDF that could be shared on Facebook and into our local Sandgate mums. And, you know, once you heard it, you couldn't unhear it. So it was a matter of, you know, I, at, back then I had my own personal training business and I made my clients bring me one packet of pads or of tampons for every single wine they had that month. And that's how it started. <laughs> oh, so, that's a concept. Um, I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if we all did that in the world, oh, my God, could you imagine, imagine and tampons we'd all collect so um but you know in in hindsight it was it was a fun way to get them to um help another woman in need and then they used their voice and um i think we collected 450 packets of pads and tampons that very first collection drive which was amazing and it wasn't even called a collection drive it was just like please help me share the dignity yeah and we gave them out to five different local charities um okay but, you know, it's not like we're giving a woman a warm jacket and it keeps her warm for years. It's a monthly yes. problem. So it wasn't very long and they were all gone. 
Yeah. You know, which is no different to we're in a collection now in August. And if we collect, and the numbers are so different now, but if we collect 200,000 packets of pads and tampons in this August drive, that's only enough to last 50,000 women for four months. Wow. Yet now we have 122,000 women who turned to homelessness services last year. Half of them are still without somewhere safe to call home. Yeah. That doesn't include our drought-stricken farming communities or our remote Indigenous communities or the 3.2 million people who live under the poverty line. So imagine maybe only 1 million of yeah. those are women who are menstruating. Makes that 200,000 seem like such a small number then, doesn't yes, it? Yes, I know. When you break it down like that. I mean, that's, my, uh, that's our big bodacious goal and, and it doesn't happen without people just using their voice to talk about it because it's just one of those things and I keep banging on about it, but you can't unhear it. You can't imagine what it would be like to not have access to sanitary items and to, you know, leave it to having to leave a tampon in for days or use socks or mattress foam, as I've heard way too many times and rags from garages. It's not, it's just not okay. No, absolutely. And it is such, hearing you describe it like that, it does sound, it just sounds like such a huge problem. And it is much bigger than I ever imagined. Oh, it's just just see me in a corner in a fetal position thinking, I thought I could help. I thought I could solve this problem, but I can't solve it. All I can do is continuously, all of us just keep putting a dent in it and make sure that we talk about periods. I like to say periods like I've got periods to it. I love to say it (laughs) because if we can remove the shame and the stigma stigma around periods, then that's half of the battle, I think. Oh, definitely. That women know they can actually ask for this help, that there is help out there. That's half the problem as well. Yeah. And that that leads me into a question I was going to ask you a bit later, but I'll ask you now when he said... um, that sometimes, you know, you'd be in that fetal position just thinking, I thought I could help. And I can imagine there would be times with such a, a huge problem that you've undertaken to help. Um, it would be, you know, in running a charity like this, which is growing so much, I can imagine it'd be physically, but so emotionally draining as well. How do you stay energised? How do you stay inspired to keep going? Uh, oh, I don't, I don't think it's draining. It gives me much more than Does I'm it? worthy of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right from... On many factors, you know, like we have 4,600 women that are what we call heroes. They're our volunteers. I'm one of them. (laughs) I know. And without you, we couldn't do it, right? My energy comes from you guys. My energy comes from our heroes and our heroes who Mm. say, put their hand up and say, this is not okay and I'm going to help. And I am forever grateful for every single one of you because I can't do it in Ballarat or Bendigo or um, in any other places that I don't live. So we need local champions to make, make a difference. And I'm, you know, lots of my energy comes from our heroes because I just am so passionately grateful that they all have the same vision as me. Yeah. No one wants to listen to me in my house and I'm always (laughs) astounded that people want to listen to me outside of it. So yeah. Um, so yeah, but you know, sometimes when I've been tired or cranky and something will, the universe will always slap me in the face. Like I'll never forget flying all over the place and having to be at one place and another and then having to get on another flight and, and, mm. and getting sent this picture at four o'clock in the morning from another one of our volunteers, a team leader who, who was a shift working nurse who gives so much of herself, sent me this picture of the two Indigenous women with a handbag and they'd never owned a handbag. Oh, I remember that photo. They I remember seeing loved it. Loved the smell of shampoo, mm. and conditioner, like you and I would love Chanel. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and it was the, that's why I do it. Oh. It's got nothing to do with me. It's them. It's yeah. them. They deserve to have the very basic of essentials. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So every time I have a little pity party, <laughs> something always slaps me in the face. And to be honest, in. in four years, I think yeah. it's, that's happened to me three times. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm lucky. I'm 48 years old. Both my girls are grown up. If this had happened when they were young and I was driving mm. them to 700 sports and all that sort of stuff, <laughs> would that still, would share the dignity still be where it is? I don't know, but you yeah. know, we can't worry about that. All we can do is focus on where we are now and just keep powering on because, yeah. you know, Shared Dignity is all about women supporting women, right oh. from all the sheroes to the people that we help to everyone. And I love that. I love to be part of that. Same. And I think there is such a powerful energy in that when it's women helping women. It, it's so yeah. positive. And I remember this is my first year that I've um, volunteered for Share the Dignity. And for the drive in April, I had no idea kind of what, what I was supposed to do. I thought I'd have to ask all these questions. And when I became part of this community, there is so much support and everyone's doing so much to help each other that it was the most simple thing I've ever done, volunteering oh, for your oh, organisation. That's, that's so yeah, simple. Yeah. It works like clockwork. It really does. From from an yeah. outsider's perspective, I'm sure yeah. we've in. Well, behind the scenes, it doesn't do. always look like yeah. that. Like me. Because <laughs> I logistically, we work with 4,500 volunteers, 3,500 charities, 2,500 collection points. We move now nearly 2 million packets of pads and tampons around Australia. That's logistically, incredible. the back end of it is massive. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, I don't know how to do that. So I just no. found myself with amazing people, yeah. amazing women who all went, yep, I can do that. Yep, I can do that. And I'm like, oh, my God. The power in We would be nothing. Too. Yeah. We would be nowhere without all of us just doing what we needed to do. Yeah. That's incredible. And um, so it has, the charity has come so far in such a short amount of time. Like this year, um, Woolworths has taken on and every single Woolworths has a charity donation um, box where people can donate so easily with their weekly shopping. Where, um, where do you see it still growing? Is there more that needs to be done? Do you have even further vision for this charity? Yeah, in Australia, I just think there are, I don't know, what are the numbers of, of women that live in Australia? More than 10 million, right? Mm. Not everybody knows about Share the Dignity. No. I want every single woman in Australia to know about Share the Dignity mm. because you can't unhear it. And you all you need to do is buy one packet of pads or tampons. Yeah. You know, like we could solve the problem. We could make, be making sure that no girl misses out on an education, yeah. that no woman fleeing domestic violence is using you know, McDonald's napkins to do with her period. It's not okay. No. And we have the power to be able to change it. So yeah. my biggest mission is to make sure that everybody knows about shared dignity. Yeah. Awesome. So and that's what our heroes do because they're so passionate about it, right? So yes. Yeah. It's um it's giving them the tools to be able to shout it from the rooftops in their own hometown. Awesome. And then so for people listening, it is as simple as that as just buying that extra when you're buying for yourself or you know, um, just buying that extra packet and popping it in one of those those charity donation yeah, boxes. Absolutely, and have a telling someone else. Yeah, absolutely. That's the most powerful thing you can do. Yeah. Out of everything, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and something else that the charity does, which I just think is the most beautiful idea, that it's in the bag um, drive, which is the Christmas time where 
um, people can fill a bag with necessities like toiletries and things like that, but also something special for another woman that they might not normally have access to, like so some nail polish or makeup or a book, a notebook, something like that. And I just think um, I donated my first ones last year and it was the most special experience to put, to put that thought in there and, and really know that that was going to another woman. Can you share um, the experience of actually delivering some of those bags to one woman? What that, what that's uh, like? Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> I'm crying just thinking about it. Yeah, you know, there's nothing, you know, to deliver pads and tampons is extraordinary. You're never going to hear a woman fist punch the air and say, oh, my God, that was amazing. <laughs> she helped me with my pads and tampons. But when we're giving them a bag and it's mm. the only Christmas present they've had in 10 or 12 years because they've been in such a controlled and violent relationship, it means so much to them. Yeah. You know, like it's just, you know, a, a woman who's not owned a hairbrush for years or, or, or a woman who's fled domestic violence and been living in her car and in that, in that bag they get a toothbrush and toothpaste and that's their that's their mojo. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, different things mean different things to different people. You know, for, for one young girl who was, um, didn't have any parents and so she mm -hmm. lived in, what do you call it? Like a Sorry. foster home sort of. A foster home, yeah. but not with parents. So like, like a boarding house. Like yeah. Home. yeah. And so she wasn't getting a Christmas present. So at the um, school we gave at, we gave them some bags to give to the girls for Christmas. And in that bag was this perfume mm. that somebody had put in this perfume from Chemist Warehouse and the girl just cried and cried mm. because the perfume reminded her of her grandmother who did oh. raise her until she died and then she became a ward of the state. You know, oh the goodness. simplest things can yeah. mean so much to somebody. A Gabby who lives in WA who was experiencing homelessness and mental health issues and in her bag was a chapstick. She talked about that chapstick and how cracked and broken her lips were. That mm. that chapstick was just like putting love on her lips. Like she knew that somebody else cared for her. Mm. And she talks about beautifully how there were two chapsticks in there. And there was another girl in the um, hospice with her that she gave the other chapstick. And she said it felt so good to give oh. as well. So, you know, oh, if you're ever worried about cool. putting, you know, the wrong size undies in, just put them in. If they don't yeah. fit them, they get to give them to somebody else. And that's yeah. really good. You know, when we put together our bags, I am mm. so selfish because it feels so damn good. I go to Kmart for one thing, come out $80 later with everything yeah. in my tin bag. Oh, my God, and it feels so good. It feels like a drug. I bloody love it. Yeah, oh, it is. It's such an amazing feeling. It's like, yeah, I think just that the ability to actually choose those special things for another woman is yeah. Yeah, just so yeah, special. Absolutely, absolutely. And so so, it just makes you feel so grateful for the bed that you get to sleep in and, and oh. the food that you get to pull out of your fridge and the mess you have to clean up in your kitchen, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, before I'd heard of this charity, I was how you were at the beginning when you said when you read that Mamma Mia um, article about the homelessness and how they were dealing with their periods. It was something that I'd never crossed my mind before. And that leads you on to just thinking about, you know, having a shower, having all these little things that we take for granted. Um, mm. And you can see how receiving something like a bag with some special things in it would mean so much to a woman. Absolutely. For lots of them, they just break down and cry. Yeah. This morning we were able to give 10 bags um, to a local police station who yeah. um, just so happens that, uh, you know, a, a workplace had an event 
and they yeah. had 10 bags to give to us because she said, these women are coming in, fling DV. They're putting in them on a bus with nothing, oh, nothing to get them out to safety. So, um, you know, the power of a handbag when someone's got nothing is just so important. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a change of topic now. Congratulations on your, your recent nomination for the Innovation and, um, oh, hang on, what's it called? The Innovation for Impact Awards, which yeah. it's like you're an amazing company there with other fantastic oh my God, Australians it's really, that have done some cool things. No, it's not. It's amazing. How do, yeah. What does a nomination like that mean to you? Um, to me, it's for all of us. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, for me, I just find... Um, those sorts of nominations a little bit embarrassing because yes. Share the Dignity is not about me. It's about all of us. Mm-hmm. It's about all of us heroes, but yeah. it's about all the people who donate because it's really up to us to live in the world that we choose to live in, right? Yeah. We just gave you a platform to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, I always say Share the Dignity is the people's charity. Yeah. We dictate, you know, how many donations are, out, are able to make a difference. It's everything. It's yeah. all of us together. So, yeah. So I look at those awards and go, that's great, but it's not, it's not me. It's yes. ours. It's everyone. Yeah. yeah. And it's a great way to spread the word as well for more people to Absolutely. learn. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for chatting to me. Um, would you mind, on this podcast, I normally ask a last question. It's a bit more of a personal question. It's, yeah, I ask it. everyone, um, what would you write in a letter to you yesterday? So if you could pick any age, um, for yourself, what what big piece of advice would you want to give that younger Rochelle? Um, don't be a Russian. <laughs> <laughs> don't be rushing to do everything. Just slow down, take some breaths yeah. and take it all in. Good advice. I think a lot of us need to take that. <laughs> yeah. That's why I just come back from holidays in Italy, so now <gasps> I want to be an Italian, not a Russian. Oh, oh imagine. <laughs> I think I learned some stuff, though. I, th- I really think I learned some stuff over there. I think it was just the right time for me to it was a first holiday that real holiday that I'd had in four years so oh wow um, yeah it was amazing it feels... but it was really the time to just stop and breathe and you know be grateful for everything that's happened and just you know just be it was beautiful yeah. I really loved it so, oh. but that's my takings from that was just to stop and everything happens for a reason and you know I have been on a mission I have been on this <laughs> massive mission before you and last year was all about the temple it was yes. so much energy that went into that. So I actually, and this year for us has been all about consolidation. Let's make sure that we're doing everything right. Let's mm-hmm. make sure that we're updating our IT because we're still using Excel smart sheets, which is yeah. crazy. <laughs> so, um, you know, making sure that our heroes can do what they need to do in the easiest possible manner. So it's really nice to hear that you say that it seems so seamless. Oh, it does. It really does. Yeah. And I know a lot of work goes into it to make it like that. (laughs) Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Letters to Our Yesterday. If you enjoyed this conversation and feel inspired to, please take a moment to rate and review or share it with someone you love. If you'd like to connect with me or find out more about this podcast and my book which shares the same name, please visit my website, karensepulveda.com. Thank you again, and don't forget to subscribe to hear more conversations with extraordinary women.